We're live. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Money Talks and Bullshit Walks. This is the history of Philadelphia from 1980 to present. I am your host, Peter Burson. I've lived here almost all my life, except for a couple of years in Ohio, which really ain't none of your fucking business. Anyway, I can be described as an around-the-way guy. I am joined here today by my technical advisor, Joe Willard, who, I, who I've dubbed the king of Wissahick. And say hello to Joe. Hello, Joe. Are you wondering where the fuck is Wissahickon? Well, I know Joe isn't, but it's in the southmost section of Roxborough, uh, right next to the Wissahickon Creek, or Crick, as some of us natives might say. Those who call, never mind. Joe, you, you're here. You can explain that later. Well, yeah, I could, but that's a digression. Anyway, well, the yeah, when we start, uh, this Philly place is called the City of Neighborhoods. What's up with that? The City of Neighborhoods. So the city has a number of neighborhoods, and every every neighborhood has its unique uh uh, place or thing. And since we're talking about Roxborough, we can say that there are unique things about Roxborough. And the one that leaps to my mind, of course, is Delisandro's cheesesteaks. The best. And then, yeah. Delos. And then there's the farm school. And then you can go into various other places like um, the 6100 block of Osage, which is uh, the move site or 13th and Locust, which is in Center City. And of course, that's the place of the infamous Mumia uh, and Officer Faulkner, uh, where that, that Mumia came to light. Um, but we are a city uh, and we can go on about neighborhoods, but we're tough, blue collar city. Um, we had a population of 2 million. Uh, it's down to somewhere between 1.5 to 1.7. We'll round it out a little bit, right, Joe? That's right. Good on rounding. Yeah, I learned that in school, you know. <laughs> I, I, I'm just going to tell you now, no, there's no math for anybody who's listening here. No math. Um, so we're one of the 10 largest cities, but we're also the poorest city. Um, uh, uh, in the country, at least at the top of the top 10 in population. Um, and we've been the poorest city for God knows how long. Um, the public schools, uh, to no one's surprise, have been a mess since 1980 and perhaps probably before. Um, we'll get through to them as to why as we go through this podcast, not today but as we move through the years. But let's just put it this way. Uh, the reasons for some of these sorry things is uh, they're things that just aren't about to change. Um, specifically, the state funding formula for all the counties in Pennsylvania. In case you forgot, Philly is a county and a city of the first class as designated by law. Which sounds okay, uh, but we're the, and we're the only city of the first class in Pennsylvania. But we have been decimated by white flight, industrial decay, and other 
Joe. Yeah. What's so bad about that? Well, it sounds okay, but it really isn't. Um, Pennsylvania, as James Carville uh, said, in case you don't remember Jim Carville, he was the, uh, the ice cream guy. Yeah, he was, the, but he was the political uh, uh, saint of Bill Clinton, if Bill Clinton had a saint. Um, but he said Pennsylvania is Philadelphia and Pittsburgh with Alabama in the middle. Um, by the way, just as a, a quick note, Pittsburgh is not a county. It's a city in Allegheny County. So that uh, makes for a better tax base? That is correct. You go right to the top of the book. So the people in Alabama really do not like Philly. And uh, they don't like us because we're big. Uh, we have people who by and large don't look or act like people in the middle of the state, and they don't like the way they conduct or run the city like we do here, and that's a whole nother story, and we're poor. And as a result, the legislature has demonized Philadelphia, and they take every effort uh, to screw us. And if you don't believe me, ask yourself why Pennsylvania with Philadelphia as the largest city, has had only one governor from Philadelphia since 1980, uh, and that was Edward G. Rendell. Uh, legend has it uh, that the G stands for genius, and if you want to check, just ask him. Uh, uh, full disclosure, Ed did hire me in 1984 as an assistant district attorney, and I was there for 31 years. At least that's what the plaque says. So our overview to start the ADC's Philly is poor with a reprehensible school system that had burned through superintendents like Donald Trump goes through cabinet level people. Um, so from 1980 to present, the city has had no less than 10 superintendents. And the district, in fact, has been so bad and so poor and so broke that the state had to take over the schools uh, with, from the, with the legislature, uh, legislature, legislature created the School Reform Commission, the SRC. Um, they were a, a kind of overseer. And you have to know what the acronym is now. If you didn't, now it is. The SRC is the School Reform Commission. And that uh, the state controlled for about 17 years. I think it was from 98 to 2017. Uh, and this, going back a moment, the state took control because there was a superintendent named David Hornbeck. And Hornbeck threatened to shut the schools down unless he got more funding from Harrisburg. So the deal was Philadelphia uh, would get money, but the handcuff was that the unions would not be able to strike. Uh, and that was the, the do me a favor aspect of all this. So that is where we found 1980 as we start. Um, and of course, there was and there still is 
patronage. And there was a lot of that. And that goes way back further than the 80s. Uh, but we're starting with the 80s and the, the whole idea of patronage and people getting jobs because they know a ward leader or they're the cousin of a ward leader or they know the state representative, on and on and on. That hasn't helped Philadelphia much either because you've got some basically barely qualified people doing jobs that need to be done in the right way. Um, you've got two or three sets of uh, offices that could probably be, shouldn't be elected. Uh, they could be made part of the city government, but they are dominated by pat patronage. And just to give you the first example, which is the Philadelphia Parking Authority, where uh, the urban legend has it that if you apply for a job at the Parking Authority and you had a Harvard degree, you wouldn't get the job unless your ward leader or your state representative or your state senator gave the okay to whoever. Plus the Harvard degree too, right? Yeah, well, the Harvard, I could have gone to Harvard, Joe. No, you could have been a, I mean, you could have been a public uh, parking authority guy. Well, I, I could have, I just didn't apply. <laughs> Gotta work hard in life, Pete. <laughs> I'm retired, so maybe I'll work on it. There's, you know, it's always a good time to give out tickets. Sounds good. Sounds good. So is this a sociology class we're taking here? No, I think you're supposed to ask me if I could name all the mayors. Hey, Pete, can you name all the mayors? Glad you asked, Joe. Uh, there was Bill Green, um, and we will talk about Bill Green in the next uh, installment of uh, Money Talks and Bullshit Walks. But in essence, Green became the mayor after uh, Frank Rizzo's eight-year reign of terror uh, and the years before that, uh, when Rizzo was the police commissioner. Um, but when Rizzo left, he left Green with a $280 million deficit. Um, as you know, uh, the city and the state, for that matter, has to have a balanced budget. So Green was confronted with that when he was first elected. We will talk about that. Um, and then we had Wilson Good, who was Green's managing director. And of course, I neglected to mention that Green only served one terms before he threw in the towel. Uh, that sounds like a story. It is, and we'll get there. Uh, we, in fact, we have a guest who will even further delineate the green years, but I can't reveal that until we have the guest. Sounds Joe, you know who the guest is. That'll keep the audience at their, uh, at their computers day and night. We'll keep them at the edge of their seats. Something like uh, that. So Good uh, became the mayor. Um, and just an amazing amount of things uh, happened while, he, uh, well, during his watch, so to speak. Um, we had move. Uh, we had some good old-fashioned corruption cases. Uh, Rizzo lives and dies, uh, literally, uh, when he decided to make a comeback uh, as candidate for mayor. Uh, I believe he died on the can. What? He died taking a shit, I believe. 
Well, uh, campaign for election. I, I, I'm not positive of that. Uh, the toilet paper will tell the tale. So uh, are we going to be talking about Rizzo in, in the future? Well, yeah, but he, he was he was in and out, but you can't ignore him. He was larger than life, whether you liked him or hated him. Um, I don't think there was any real in-between with Rizzo. Um, Everybody knew him and you either hated him or you liked him. Uh, the next mayor, as we mentioned earlier, was Ed Rendell. And Rendell was a very popular mayor. Uh, a lot of people think that Rendell sort of put the city back on its feet. Um, and he was liked by not only members of the citizens of the city, but also by uh, a large number of suburbanites, I should say, uh, from the surrounding counties uh, who helped him get elected governor not once, but twice. So Rendell was a great, uh, a really great politician. And then after Rendell, we had John Street. Uh, Street and Rendell had sort of made a little pact um, along the way. Uh, at first, Street didn't like Rendell. Um, and Rendell didn't like Street, but there seems to have been a pact uh, that Street would help Rendell get his legislation and his reform things passed. And in exchange, Rendell would push Street, who was the president of city council at the time, to become mayor. And that's what happened. And Street went for two terms, including uh, a very controversial election uh, for second term, which involved an FBI bug in the mayor's office. Um, well, now we're talking about some good stuff. Yeah, we'll talk about Caboni Savage and all those sorts of things. The JBM, which stands for Junior Black Mafia, uh, and Aaron Jones, Go Down or Get Down. We'll get to all that stuff. These are good stories. Some people know them. Some people kind of know them. Some people don't give a shit. For those who don't give a shit, Joe, they probably already turned this thing off. I, I would imagine that. Yeah, I kept hearing click, click, click. And a after Street, we had Michael Nutter, um, who uh, was also a good mayor and um, had been a councilman for 15 years. But he, I mean, he did a lot of really good things for the city, but the real problem, at least for him in the beginning, and he was a two-term mayor, was that he had been a councilman for approximately 15 years, and council was easy to poke fun at, and he did it for 15 years, but he became mayor, and then he needed to get all his legislation passed. So uh, it's easier to run than to rule. But he finally made his peace uh, with council with no small help from uh, Jim Kenney, who is uh, the next mayor. And we will definitely get to talk about Jim Kenney uh, as we go through this. Um, and we will talk about Bob Brady, who was the chairman of the city and a congressman and a main player here. And we will talk about him and also all of the main players. Uh, 
that have been involved with the city. Some have disappeared, some have appeared and still stay here, and some uh, have faded into the mist. You know, Joe, they say you die three times. First, they forget you, forget your name, then they forget you, and then you die. What do you well, think I, I'll try to remember that one. First, they got to know me. So, and then, of course, we're going to talk about MOVE, uh, which started in 1978 or 79. A guy by the name of John Leapart uh, started MOVE, uh, and he had a manifesto of sorts, but we'll talk about MOVE when we get to Mayor Good. Um, but anyway, they started out in Palton Village. Uh, one of our guest speakers will go into long detail about that. Sounds awesome. And I think we're about ready to go. So as the great Mark Zumoff says, lock all windows and doors. We are coming in for a bumpy landing as we turn garbage into gold. Uh, so hang in there with me, uh, dear pod people who probably hopefully are still there. We have a lot more to come on Money Talks and Bullshit Walks, Philadelphia from 1980 to present, Green to Kenny. Hey, I want those details. Uh, be patient. For now, we will just paraphrase Dashiell Hammett when he was writing about another city at another time. What was that? This is about Philly, a good place for bad habits. A good one to end on, sir. Thanks, good. Uh, and thank you, Mr. Audience out there. We will be going live with our shows. We have six in the pipeline, and we'll let you know when they're out there. Sign off there, Captain. All right. Sayonara.